Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Anyone happy in the house this morning? Yeah, come on. Yeah. David said, I was happy when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord, right? It's good to be in God's house this morning. And it's a long weekend, right? So even just like spiritually aside, it's just cool. It's a long weekend. It's great. So um, anyway, thank you for joining us this morning. You know, really, this service would not be the same if you were not here. Did you hear what I said? This service would not be the same if you weren't here this morning. You play a, a significant role in what takes place every Sunday morning. So thank you for joining us and prioritizing time in God's presence, time in God's house. Uh, so to, we've been in a series for the last, I believe, five weeks called Hearing God Speak. And this has been just a tremendous series. Anyone agree with me? It's been really awesome, right? It's been really foundational, really awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe if you allow this, if you really soak these messages up, if you really, uh, you know, practice these things and live these things out. And I believe it can not only transform your, your walk with God, I think it can transform your life. Really. I mean, I can remember like the first time I heard, you know, this taught like being led by the spirit and hearing God's voice. It was probably 11 or 12 years ago. And, and Pastor Luke spoke on this and it, it just changed how I viewed life. It really did. I can just remember like, man, I don't have to lean on my own understanding. I, I can lean. I, I, can, I can get God's understanding on this situation. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not limited to what I, what I can think of and my ideas. Like I can go straight to the Lord. And we talked about that, I think, uh, the, the first week. Just what, what's better than be, being able to, to be led by the Holy Spirit and hear his voice and get clarity and direction? How, how many, like he talked about earlier with college, how many years can you save of just, you know, stumbling through life. If you just heard God's voice, you know, there's, there's, although there's many people that, yeah, might change their uh, major seven times. There's a lot of other people that hear God's voice and never change their major once, right? <laughs> How much better is that to just know the direction God has for you than to, to t spend four years struggling to trying to figure things out. God wants us uh, to, he doesn't want it to be a secret. He doesn't want uh, to have his, um, leading be something that only a few select people experience. He wants us to experience that. You know, and so this morning, maybe you've been in uh, these sermons and these services for the last couple of weeks, and maybe you've thought something along these lines. Maybe you thought like, these are awesome. Wow, what great teaching. These, this is great. What a great topic. But I'm not really facing any huge decisions in my life. You know, I'm not like considering moving my family to Oklahoma or something, or I'm not really considering what major I should choose in college. So maybe this doesn't like apply a ton to me. And to that, I would say, the Bible says in Psalm 37, that the Lord delights in every aspect of your life. So God's not just concerned about the, the huge, massive decisions you have to make. He's also concerned with how you spend your weekend. 
how you spend time together as a family. God's concerned with the details of your life, how you respond when this situation happens. How do you, how do you talk to this person at your workplace? God is interested in the details of your life and he wants to lead you and guide you in those things, not just the, the two or three times in your lifetime where you make some massive decision. Does that make sense? You guys with me? So just, it's important to put these things into practice even over, over like the, the, the smaller details of life and start to learn, to, learn to, to tune your ear to hear the Lord. So then in those moments where there is a big decision, it's not this foreign thing to you. It's not this, oh man, I've never tried this before. You know, like you can start to learn to tune your ear to the Lord now in whatever you're facing and it'll, it'll, it'll help you in those moments of, of big, big decisions. Um, so just lean in this morning, really. Um, this morning, I want to talk about uh, just one, I think, the number one benefits of hearing God. Uh, and just, so we'll get in that in a moment. But, you know, last week, I think, was my favorite of them all so far. Last week was just phenomenal. And Pastor Luke talked about how we should posture our hearts and how we should um, come to the Lord when it comes to hearing his voice. And he talked about just posturing our hearts as that of a servant, just having the attitude of, of just a servant. And that's, we looked at the life of Samuel and how Samuel just served the Lord in the temple. He just served Eli and he just waited on the Lord and he spent time, he, he like slept next to the ark, right? And he was just in the right position with the right posture in his heart that that was the man that the Lord spoke to. Even in a, in a time where God wasn't speaking much to anyone, this, the one that was the servant, speak now, your servant is listening. That's the person that the Lord decided to speak to in, in that time. So for us, it's so important to posture our hearts the right way because I think our motives and stuff can get a little bit twisted when it comes to, to hearing the Lord's voice. And so we just need to be cautious of that. Because he, here's the thing. God is not interested in being your magic eight ball that you just hope for. Man, he tells me my future and like what my fortune is or you know whatever. Uh, you know, a fortune cookie. That's not what God is interested in being. He's also not interested in being your co-pilot as you map out your life. He's interested in being Lord and nothing less. And so how we posture our hearts is very, very important when we, when we are learning to hear God's voice. And as we're coming to, to the Lord to hear his voice, so just being a servant, just serving the Lord. Um, and another thing we talked about yesterday, <clears throat> oh, this is a fresh bottle. Where'd you go? I'm not used to this being a fresh one. I figured it was last, the same from last service. <clears throat> you know, even the phrase like serving the Lord, right? That's something we, we say a lot. It's almost like a Christian cliche saying <clears throat> or this thing we kind of just say without even thinking about, yeah, I, I serve the Lord or I've been serving the Lord for 10 years. Or, I've been serving the Lord for 15 years. I've been serving the Lord for three years. Like we kind of throw those, those terms out and we can kind of become numb to what we're saying. Yeah. Like we're serving the Lord. You know, that's what life's about. It's about him. It's not about serving myself, but I do think sometimes every now and again, it can, it can flip and it, it can become God is serving my ambitions and God, God, would you come and help me in, in my, my issues? We're, we're asking God to come serve us instead of us serving the Lord. And so just guarding our hearts 
in, in positioning and posturing our hearts the right way as we come to God as, as, as a servant. I serve the Lord. And I mean that when I say that. It's not just a saying I say in church. I'm a servant of the Most High. Because a good master, or I'm sorry, a good servant is about his master's business. A good servant is not caught up in his own affairs. A good servant is not just super preoccupied with, well, I'm really trying to get this thing accomplished. I really have a passion to do this thing. I'm trying to do that. A good servant is completely engulfed in his master's business. And so that, that's, that's the position we take as a servant. And then we talked about waiting on the Lord. Waiting, waiting on the Lord. And the, the whole time he was talking about that, this is maybe just super corny and, and uh, carnal, but I kept thinking about a restaurant and waiters at restaurants. And uh, when you think of a waiter at a restaurant, what do you think of? Typically someone that serves you, right? someone that meets your needs, someone that's you know, when you say the word, they come and they, they do something for you, like refill your sweet tea for the fifth time in one meal. You ever know anyone like that? It's like, bro, chill out. I've had like half a glass of water. And you're on like sweet tea number seven. <clears throat> anyway, there's a few people in the room that I think that might apply to. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm not going to name names. So, uh, yeah. So like just being a waiter is they have that name for a reason. You know, nowadays, waiters have like eight tables they're trying to serve and eight, eight tables they're overseeing. But, you know, traditionally, like a waiter had one table they were in charge of. And they served that table. They took care of their needs. And when they didn't have something to do, they waited nearby until they needed something again. And when they said the word, they'd come in and they said, oh, here's a napkin, here's silverware, whatever it may be. And so... They got the name waiter because they waited on those people and, and they were ready listening for whenever they said the word, they'd come and they, they would assist and serve them. So that is what we are supposed to be, is waiters on the Lord. We're serving, we're, we're available, right? We're available. If, if, he, if he says something, I'm all ears. I'm ready to hear it. I'll do what he tells me to do. I'll, I'll say yes before I, he even says it. My, my, I'm, I'm surrendered, I'm submitted, whatever he needs. My answer is yes. And that's, that's our, what we should be, waiters on the Lord. So like I said this morning, I want to kind of talk about what I, I believe is one of the number one benefits of hearing the Lord. One of the number one benefits of, of having a, a hearing ear towards, towards the Lord. So let, let's pray uh, and then we'll get into it. Man, I just really feel like this will help some people. I really feel like this will build your faith and help you so much. So let's pray together and join in with me. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our church. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and lead us and guide us in all truth. I thank you that you have not left us as orphans, but you've given us the Holy Spirit to, to teach us, to show us. So this morning, we just, we submit, we, we surrender ourselves to your leading. God, I thank you that your word always produces what it's supposed to produce in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Is it okay if I share a story about my son that has not, little to nothing to do with the sermon? Is that okay? All right. <clears throat> Thanks. Thanks for giving me permission. All right. So last Sunday, I do what I always do with my son on our drive home. I say, all right, Solomon, what'd you talk about in class today? And that's it's just something I like to do. It's probably one of my favorite things about Sundays, driving home, asking him what he learned about. And uh, so, and typically we have a good little discussion there. We talk about some stuff. It's fun. 
Before I get into this, I just want to say we have awesome teachers. We really do. We do. But he got it wrong this last Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so buddy, like, what would you, uh, you talk about in class? And he, like, with his typical chipper, just, you know, very, very happy and content. He's like, oh, yeah. We talked about, I learned that if you don't share, you die. He's just a little overzealous. He just kind of, you know, misheard it. But I got to say, he's been sharing really good this past week. And I haven't had the heart to correct him yet. No, I'm kidding. I've corrected him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So. <clears throat> anyway, back to the sermon. All right. That's just my little story. Story time. <laughs> uh, story time. All right. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question really fast. Have you ever been in a situation where something crossed your mind to do something? You, you thought about doing something, maybe talking to a friend, maybe starting something in, uh, you know, with, in your business or, or changing, making some changes, doing something you know, within the church or uh, just something crossed your mind, uh, a change to make, but that thing cr crosses your mind, but you, you struggle to have confidence to walk out in that because you're not sure if it's God or not. Have you been there? Yeah. I would assume most people in this room have, have been in a situation like that where you know, things cross your mind, you're, in, you're considering doing something, but you lack faith to, to move in that direction because you're not sure if it's the will of God. So if you've been there and you felt that before, this, this sermon's for you. This is for you. I think this will help you a lot. So our, our main text we'll be looking at this morning is Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17, it should be on the screens and it uh, should be in your Bible as well, just to let you know. <clears throat> Romans 10, 17, therefore faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I've heard this verse a lot, uh, talked about, taught about, in, in one of the ways I've heard this verse talked about is that faith comes from hearing the word. Faith comes from hearing the scriptures. Faith comes from, you know, you, 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 you pop in a CD, a, a Bible on CD in your, in your vehicle, and that's where faith comes from. Or even I've heard people say faith comes from reading, reading the Bible. Faith comes from reading the scriptures. But that's not what it says, is it? It says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It, it doesn't just simply say that faith comes from hearing scriptures because, and, and I, you know, think about it. If that were true, we could just, me and Pastor Luke were talking about this. You could just put megaphones on a truck and drive through downtown Clarksburg and play John 3.16 on repeat and everyone would have faith and be saved, right? But that, that's not true, right? Also think about this. Are there not plenty of atheist professors that have read the entire Bible and don't have faith? Correct? There, there are plenty of people that have heard, heard the Bible, have, have read the Bible, and they, and they don't have faith. So I no longer believe that that's the way you should interpret that verse, that faith comes from simply you know, just he hearing the scripture, reading the scripture. But follow me. Maybe some of you are like, heresy, what is he saying? Just follow me. Honestly, I believe this will help you so much. Uh, this is something I just feel the Lord's been, been speaking to me about and teaching me. That, that th there's, there's a principle in that verse. There's a principle in that verse. Here's another translation. It, it reads like this. 
It says, therefore, faith is from the hearing ear and the hearing ear is from the word of God. So the, the principle is this, is that faith is the byproduct of hearing God. That's the principle. Faith comes by hearing. And then in a minute, we'll, we'll get into that word of God and what, what it's saying there. But, but faith is the byproduct of the hearing ear towards God. Faith is the byproduct. So I'm going to clarify something right up front. I want to clarify something. When we're talking about hearing the Lord, we're not talking about hearing something extra, you know, on top of the Bible or something extra biblical. We're not talking about hearing something. God never contradicts his written word. So we're, we're talking about, when we're talking about hearing the Lord, we're talking about getting clarity on what he has written and, and, and making it something personal in our situation right now, today. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about hearing the Lord. So, and, and so, like I said, this has been something I've just been thinking about for a while, meditating on. And this, this, this is something that helped me a lot. I was thinking of the great men of faith from the Old Testament. I was thinking of people like Noah, people like Abraham, you know, in, in regards to faith comes by, by hearing, hearing the word of God. I was thinking of men like that. And how did they, how did Noah and Abraham have such great faith? Have you thought about that? How do they have such great faith? I mean, were they not just regular men like you and I? I know they were righteous and they loved the Lord, but were they like half angel or no, they were regular men like you and I, right? Did, did Noah and Abraham, people like that, did they have an NIV Bible on their nightstand? Did they have their favorite podcast on their iPhone they could just hit play on whenever they wanted to? No. But, but they had tremendous great faith, right? Like, how is, that, how is that true? How does Noah build a monstrous, monstrous boat that many uh, scholars said took from 40 to 70 years to construct, back-breaking labor, people are mocking him, making fun of him. A lot of, even some scholars say, to that point, rain hadn't even fallen yet. So they're like, what are you, what's this guy doing? Just making a mockery of himself, spending so much time building this monstrous, monstrous boats. How did he have the faith to do that? He heard the word of the Lord over his life. Think about Abraham. Tremendous man of faith, father of our faith, right? How does he, you know, he leaves his homeland with his family. He, he leaves his homeland, goes to a place he's not even sure where he's headed. And then later on, he starts declaring he's going to be the father of many nations in his 90s with no children. How does he have the faith to do that? He heard the word of the Lord over his life. And that's what, that's what produced great faith in, in those men to do those things. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Turn with me quickly to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. Hebrews 11, we'll start in verse seven. It says this, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him. What does that mean? He heard God. God warned him. He heard God. He obeyed God when 
or who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him. What is that? He heard God. He heard the word of the Lord. He obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. What does that mean? She heard God. She heard God give her a promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore, there is no way to count them. Faith comes by hearing. We need to hear because we need faith, right? You guys with me? We need faith. The Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith, right? We are to live by faith. We are to walk by faith. Faith's kind of like the biggest thing we need, right? We need faith in our lives. And so if, if we need faith, we need to hear. We need to be hearers. We need to hear the Lord speak. We need to hear the word of the Lord over our lives. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Everything that God would call you to do requires faith. The things that God wants to do through you and in you require faith. And so we need clarity and we need to hear the word of God. So Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So let's look at the second, the second half of that passage, hearing by the word of God. So one thing you have to understand uh, about the, the Greek language, and to some of you, this is like, you know, nothing new. But many times there are multiple Greek words in the New Testament that can just be translated to one word in the English, English language. Pardon me. So, so for example, right here, word of God. You, you can read word of God. You could, you'll see it in different places throughout the Bible. But typically it's one of two Greek words. The two, to, the two main Greek words used to translate to being word are logos and rhema. Okay, you guys still following me? Getting into Greek languages? Okay, there's two primary words used to mean word. It's logos and rhema. So, so typically, I'll define those two. So typically, logos is defined as the written word of God or the essence of God's will. That, that's, that's the logos, the written word of God. The rhema is typically translated to mean the inspired word of God or the Holy Spirit inspired Word of God. I heard, I heard it once described as a rhema, once described as a specific word for a specific person in a specific situation. One, one Greek lexicon describes it like this. I think this is awesome. It says the logos is the said word of God. The rhema is the saying word of God. The, the present today speaking, saying word of God. And you've probably experienced this before. 
The rhema is when you're reading scriptures, you're reading the logos, you're reading the written word of God. And then all of a sudden, and I'm sure this has happened to you, you're reading the, the scriptures, but all of a sudden it's like one thing jumps out off the page and it's like it becomes real to you. You've experienced that before where it's like, all of it's the word of God because it's the Bible, right? All of it's the word of God. But then it's like, well, this phrase or this verse, it's like it, it, it came alive in my spirit. It's like that thing jumped out at me and, and it's, it's real. That is, you're experiencing that, that rhema word of God, the, the saying word of God, the present specific word of God over, over you. That, that's, that's the rhema word of God. So that begs the question. In Romans 10, 17, which word is used there? It's rhema. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema word of God, the, the specific present word of God. That, that's where, so faith comes, faith comes from hearing the, the specific word in your life. Faith comes like Noah, like Abraham. The, the word of God came to them and that's what built their faith. I want to share a story with you from a man named Dr. David Youngie Cho. He was, uh, he recently passed away, but he was the pastor of the largest church in the world in Seoul, South Korea. And I have a book by him and this story was in that book and I just, I felt it would be helpful to share uh, this morning. So he, he talked about uh, in their church that we're having like a youth summer camp and God was really moving and the spirit of God was being poured out on, on people and just a fantastic move of God. And so one morning, these, these three young girls, teenagers are on their way to go to where these meetings are, these youth camp meetings. But that night it had rained really hard and every river and every creek was like flooded, you know, outside of its banks. And so they're walking to where this meeting is, but there is a river, a flooded river that prevents them from getting there. So at first they're like, well, I guess we should just turn around and because we can't make it today. But then one of them was like, wait a minute. Like we have faith. Like, wait a minute. We just read that, that story the other day where Peter walks on water. So we're not fearful. We're not afraid. Let us, let's walk on water. So they link up arms. They wade out into this flooded river and they get swept away and they die. So the media is picking it up. They're saying, you know, these three young girls die and they were in faith and they were standing in faith and their faith was on this, this verse in the Bible. And what, where is their God? Why did their God allow this thing to happen to them? Where is their God? And at first, Dr. David Youngie Cho, he, he struggled to make sense of it too. He, he was, he was you know, heartbroken. He, he couldn't. He couldn't figure it out. He couldn't, he didn't know how to lead his church or tell them what, you know, why this thing took place. I mean, yeah, like they, they, they had faith. They, they, they knew what the scripture said about Peter walking on water. Why, why did they drown? And so after a while of just of waiting on the Lord and, and meditating on, on the word, uh, Dr. Young Cho finally said to his church that Peter did not walk on water because of the Logos written word of God. Peter, listen to this, Peter walked on water because of the rhema specific present word of God over his life. Because if you know the story, this is what happens. The disciples, they're in a boat, they're on the lake, bad storm comes, they see this figure walking towards them on the water, 
They think it's a ghost. Then they're like, maybe it's Jesus. So Peter calls out, he says, Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come to you. What's he doing? He's requesting rhema from the Lord. He's saying, I need a present word. If, if that's you, I need a word. And what's Jesus do? Jesus says, come. He commands Peter to come towards him. So that, that's how Peter was operating. And these young girls weren't operating from a rhema, present word of God. They were operating from a, 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 a written you know, logos that they found in their Bibles. And I think in a, in a, maybe not to that extent, but I do think stuff like that happens all the time in people's lives. Follow me. I, I think this can help you. This, this happens, I think, a lot in people's lives. They, they'll, they'll Google, okay, I need a verse. They'll Google, you know, or, and Joshua talks about wherever you put your foot will be on land that I've given you. So they're like, oh, cool. I found that verse. All right. So they you know, they, I don't know, they, they, the, a real estate agent walks them through a seven bedroom mansion and they're like, well, you know, I found this verse is wherever I put my foot, I'm on land that's mine. So they, they sign, it's a silly example, but stuff like this happens. You know, they sign the paper and then you know, look up that verse. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich. All right, we're going to be rich. And then they, they, they question why, why do I struggle to pay my $5,000 mortgage bill every month? You know, and it, it hurts their faith. I think that happens to people. They're struggling to understand why certain things are happening in their lives. It, it hurts their faith. It hurts their relationship with the Lord. And, and they don't know what to do. And so th this kind of stuff happens all the time. We need the rhema word of God in our lives. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the rhema word of God over our situation and over what we're, we're facing in the moment. So when you, when you come, when you read the Logos written word of God, you come across promises. I think I've heard something where it's like something like 7,000 promises in, in the word of God. So as you're reading Logos, you're coming across promise after promise after promise. Those promises are potentially yours. How can you say that? What are you saying? Those promises are potentially yours. And then they... As you, as you wait on the Lord, as you meditate on the scriptures, as you invite the Holy Spirit to give me rhema, give me a word, that's when those, those promises turn from a potential promise to yours and now it's like actually mine. That, that's when it becomes, this, this, is, this is the promise that God is giving me in this moment and that's where faith comes from. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the rhema word of God over your situation. We need that in our lives. So, that begs the question, okay, so, how do, I, how do I go from the Logos, written word of God, to, to the rhema, present, specific word of God? How, how do I do that? So I just want to give you three, kind of three steps, three principles that I think will help us to receive that rhema word of God over our lives. So here, step one is this. Simply, number one, read the written word of God and study the written word of God. If you think that anything I've been saying so far is like to downplay or degrade the, the, the written word of God, you haven't heard me right. That's not what I'm saying at all. Without the, word of the, the written word of God, we have no rhema word of God. We have nothing to build our faith on, right? So, so step one is study and read the Logos written word of God. You guys following me? Yeah. Following me? Awesome. So that's step one. Step two is to ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to cause something to come alive, to cause a verse to jump out 
And it, and it, it's, it, it quickens in your spirit. It's a fancy word for it, it comes to life inside of you. That's what Peter did, right? Peter requested Rhema from Jesus. G- give me a word. If it's really you, give me a word. So step one, read the written word of God. Step two, ask the Holy Spirit to give you rhema, to give you that specific word. Sometimes when I pray, I, I pray, God, give me, give me my daily bread. Give me what you want to give me today. Give me that nourishment for today. And then step three is to wait on the Lord and to meditate on the scripture. Once again, uh, Dr. David Youngie Cho, he has this really, really good example where he, 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 com- he des- describes it as uncooked rice as the logos and cooked rice as the rhema, word of God. He's from Seoul, South Korea, so he's using rice analogies. If it's helpful for you, you can imagine a, a frozen hamburger patty and a cooked hamburger patty, okay? Um, but it's a really good example. He talks about, okay, so what do you do with uncooked rice? Well, first of all, you can never have cooked rice without uncooked rice, correct? So you, you can never have that present reign of word of God without having the written word of God present in your life on a regular basis. So he says, the logos is that uncooked rice. And what do you do? You take that rice and you cook it and you wait on it and you let it simmer and you let it do its thing. And over time, as you let it simmer, you let it cook, that, that rice turns into cooked rice. And the cooked rice is, is nourishing to you, gives you strength and energy and vitality. So it's the same with the, the logos. We take the logos, the written word of God, and we let it, we let it cook, we let it do its thing. We, we wait, like we talked about last week, we wait on the Lord. We ask him to, to, to reveal things. We ask him to give us rhema. And as we wait, it turns into the rhema word of God, the, the cooked rice. And what, is, what does that rhema word of God do? It gives us nourishment. It gives us faith. It gives us strength and energy and vitality to do what God's called us to do. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema word of God. We need faith, so we need to hear the Lord. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.